Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Fullest Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Bostwick. And today we're here with Dr. Jess, who has a passion for uncovering the mystery behind the chronic illness, whether that be stealth infections, heavy metals, stress, trauma, or other environmental toxicities. She's a visionary for the future of healthcare and left her position as a board certified internal medicine hospitalist to pursue functional medicine in order to better serve her patients by getting to the real root cause answers for why the body might be malfunctioning. Her philosophy embraces that health encompasses the whole patient, mind, body, and spirit. And Dr. Jess has become one of the most sought after functional medicine leaders. She is known for her ability to help identify the root cause of illness, most often traced back to hidden stealth infections like Lyme, parasites, and mold. Hi, Dr. Jess. Hello, Nikki. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. I was so excited to have connected with someone on your team. I had, I've known about you for a long time. I found out about you on social media years ago, and I'm really excited to be here with you today. I, I really appreciate you and your work. I think it's so important to share the information that you have. And I think especially in this climate where we're seeing a lot of doctors being censored for sharing information that's considered alternative or misinformation. And I, I just think, you know, the more we talk about it, the more we share our personal experiences. And I know you have a personal experience with it all. Um, the better. And so that's what we're here to do. And so thank you for joining us. <laughs> yes, of course. Thanks for that introduction. And yeah, um, it's crazy times we live in, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I guess a year and a half ago, if someone had told me all this, I never would have believed it in a million years. I know. I think about that all the time because I think, um, you know, if we go back a year and a half ago, I was thinking about these specific topics when it comes to vaccines. I mean, vaccines are like, you know, the conversation is definitely on the news a lot right now, right? With the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine out. But that was a topic that I thought about a lot because I have a toddler and I have a history of autoimmune issues. And I personally had an autoimmune condition that just happened to show up right after I was vaccinated to go to college and certain things started happening that just didn't seem right. Um, you know, taking the birth control pill and, you know, seeing what happened to me when I got off of it. And I, I just think that these are conversations that maybe have been top of mind, but then you know, with the whole COVID thing and the fear behind not being able to like a majority of people thinking that someone else needs to tell them how to take care of themselves is really interesting. And I didn't realize, um, I didn't realize how big or how many people felt that way. You know, when I, so I went through my health challenge and I got to a point where I remember my doctor telling me like, you need to just, you know, go home and do this and like, and think about what feels right for you, right? Like having someone else tell me do what feels right for you was so crazy to me because I was like, how did I, how did I give up my power to oh, wow. someone else tell me to listen to myself? And, and I didn't realize that little did I know everyone else on this planet is, you know, experiencing the same thing because we don't 
remember that we are our best advocates. And so, yeah, I think like a really big role of doctors today is to remind people that like we're with our, I'm with myself every single day, every single hour, every single minute. So I know if something's wrong, like if I come to you and you're like the best doctor ever, you'll know, but you're, you're going to ask me like my symptoms and stuff like that, you know? So yeah, I'm just curious. It's a wild time. I I'd love to kind of go back and, um, start with, you know, how you got into all this, obviously you were, um, in internal medicine. So like what made the switch, like what happened? Gosh, so many things, so many things. So, you know, really what helped me was working in the hospital for seven years almost, and just seeing the discrepancy in when I really started to think, gosh, um, a lot of health is nutrition, I was really starting to be active on social media and teach as a doctor on there before it was cool to do so. And people were like, uh, Jess needs her own blog. They didn't understand what I was doing. And I didn't either. I just needed knew I needed an outlet. But as social media kind of taught me. I'd see things that would catch my attention online. And then I'd go down the rabbit hole and I had the background to understand the research. So that sort of you know, got me to get into Gerson therapy. And then that taught me the power of nutrition and plants and, um, you know, nonstick cookware and, and fil- properly filtered water and all these things that, that the hospital and regular conventional medical school never taught me. So then I was forced to kind of look at that and understand, you know, I saw the sickest of the sick in the hospital and they were feeding them sick food. And when I complained about it, they called me disruptive. And so it was sort of this whole domino effect for me. Um, Gerson therapy really helped to help to open my eyes to everything. And then, you know, I started to see online, like mothers talking about, you know, their children being injured by vaccines. I started to see, um, you know, seizing children in videos, their seizures stopped with CBD you know, all these things that medicine never taught me that seem to be working anecdotally for people. And my go-to, like my internal just intuition and who I am as a person, I'm just never able to look and be like, that person's lying. That patient's lying. That's just not, I mean, when I was really unhappy in the hospital, I could have accidentally gaslit some patients and it was because I was unhappy. You know what I mean? It's because I was miserable in my job. Um, and, and when I got out of it and I started to become happy and I started to really feel satisfied because I was truly finding root cause for patients, um, I started to see how all these other doctors were really just unhappy because you can tell from their reactivity. That's (laughs) a good perspective. Yeah. And, you know, today, honestly, you're right when you say, just to back up and when you say everyone just has given their power away, that was such a, a powerful thing for you to say. Um, I don't think many people have that awareness right now. Um, and I'll tell you that's because when, you, when you're able to keep people in fear mode, it's a proven fact that they will um, be able to accept misinformation. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're actually triggering a part of the brain called the amygdala um, that's just the the place of fear and anxiety in the brain. And when that's triggered continually, you can't make sound and logical decisions, especially if presented with something that's a half truth or a misinformation. Yeah. And, 
it's really hard to tell what's going on nowadays because there's so much of that online, in the media. I mean, who do you trust? And I like to think of humans as we're children, really, walking around masquerading as adults, a lot of us. And it's so naive. It's so naive and, and sweet to think that authorities would always have our best interests at heart. It's how how naive and sweet are humans to think that, to never even, it even enter their head that someone could be pulling the wool over their eyes. I know. Really. Oh my gosh, I know. And I think about that a lot. And I, yes, like it's beautiful, right? To see that innocence um, <laughs> and that trust, but it's also like, yeah, it's part of growing up to be like, okay, we are essentially animals and we're here to, like to survive and we need to get smart and we need to be discerning and that's important and and we need to take care of ourselves because at the end of the day, we're here on the planet and we're going to be by ourselves at some point. So like we need to, you know, get on that and I don't want to die in a hospital. And I watched my grandparents die in a hospital from the staff. Like my, my grandpa, he had Alzheimer's, but then like he had a heart issue and, and, but they were giving him like sodium and they were like trying to balance his sodium potassium levels. But then every time they didn't give that to him, I was with him. I went to culinary school for raw food. I, myself, like I'm so inspired by Gerson therapy. I loved it for years. It's like, I try and get everyone to watch the documentary and it's so old and like, so ridiculous. <laughs> the like candle flickering. I'm like, just got for 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, I'm like a really an advocate for like plant-based healing. I'm not plant-based personally anymore, but I'm like, I definitely eat a plant heavy diet. And, and I would make my grandfather his meal in the hospital every day. And the staff would look at me like, like I was crazy and they literally got upset with me because I started like bringing him juice and they said it was going to mess up his levels. And I noticed that, um, once they would you know, give him the IVs, he would get sick every time. And, and what he actually ended up dying from was a heart attack. And I was just like, I can't with this system and I need to figure out another way. And well, real, yeah, they just kind of take the, um, the humanity and art out of medicine. I mean, I remember even on my surgery rotation, like they would have to cover a patient up if they were in a twilight sedation. Cause if they saw them moving or talking at all, I would almost pass out because oh you gosh. have to pretend they're like an inanimate object to sometimes poke and prod and operate like you do on someone. Yeah. And you know, it's, um, they teach you very scientific and left brain logical things, very evidence-based medicine, which obviously has a role. It obviously is very important. Obviously everything needs to be rigorously tested. However, that's not the only thing. Medicine isn't art medicine. I mean, if everyone in most inventors and physicists, if they're, if they're honest with you, they'll tell you that they didn't discover something through scientific theory. They first had an intuitive hit and then they went back and tested it with scientific theory. And that's how I work too. And that's how many people work in their realm of expertise. And what is that? That's an art. That's an intuitive, whatever you want to call it. There is a right brain to the left brain. And Mm -hmm. it never, if you're imbalanced, male, feminine energy, masculine, feminine energy, you know, left brain, right brain, logical, you know, art, you have to be balanced. There is, there's, there's that in every single, um, there's that duality in every single discipline. 
And, and so to really um, be so imbalanced one way, we're leaving out a whole portion of, uh, of what can help a patient population. This week's episode is sponsored by Odemont, which is tomato spelled backwards. Founded in 2018 when entrepreneur and foodie Andrew Suzuka created a flavorful sauce his picky eater daughter just couldn't get enough of, Odemont is the perfect way to add a nutritious boost to your family's go-to meals. If you've ever tried looking for an organic tomato sauce, you will know just how difficult it is to come by because tomatoes are typically found to have high levels of pesticides and herbicides, which is why I'm so happy to have finally found and able to share with you all a trusted brand that can be purchased in a pinch at your local Whole Foods store. It's also available in a fiber-rich and dairy-free vodka sauce. And as always, we love sharing special promotions just for our fullest fam. So for 10% off your order at odomotfoods.com, use code THEFULLEST at checkout. I love that. I love the intuitive hit. It's so true. I mean, it, it goes with every profession, right? I mean, even if you're like a plumber, you know, it's like, yes, it's your experience, but it's like, you know what? I think this is probably happening. And it's like going back to... Yeah. I love that. So, okay. I know you have so much, you're doing so much right now. You're launching a platform and your experience, um, is a lot with like parasites and mold. And I think mold is a really important topic to discuss because I'm really getting, I'm really interested. Like hopefully one day I can build my dream house. That's super sustainable and has like no drywall because all drywall molds and it like freaks me out. And so I want to talk a little bit about that too, because I feel like is mold inevitable? Like, is it always going to happen? Like, I'm curious if you've like dived into that part as well and what people can do to maybe prevent or, and, and also how we can treat it because what, like, you know, if you get mold remediation in your house, they still go like the route of what a normal, a doctor would give someone with antibiotics, right? Like you just kind of, Nice so, analogy. Yeah. yeah. I'm just curious about all that. I know it's a lot of, um, I just had a lot of questions, but I'd love to discuss that with you. Yeah. You know, the problem is, and I'll tell people this from, you know, a mask theory, a vaccine theory to a house theory, the further you get away from what nature intended, the more problems you're going to have. And that in the house theory means that when you have energy efficient homes where there's no adequate airflow throughout the house, you're going to have an imbalanced amount of mold growth. You know, if you see people like, you know, I just went to Mexico recently. If you go down to Mexico, everything is open air, indoor and outdoor, even the very nice expensive hotels there. Yeah. Um, and there's a reason for that. And most of the pueblos and homes are indoor, outdoor there too, or they're made out of clay or cement or things that don't mold because they understand the dynamics of the earth. Here we really think that like we have, we built houses exposed to outdoors, first of all, like it rains on the wood. Yeah. It's really like, what is happening? Um, and then people are surprised. Oh, I have a new house though. I'm like, yeah, but how was it built? You know, and it's built with a lot of volatile organic compounds in the adhesives, in the carpets, if you have carpet, eh, eh, eh. Yeah. Um, you know, 
even, you know, in the way that they have the drywall, like you said. Um, and then so many VOCs and just toxic compounds, petroleum-based compounds that are, you know, you guys wouldn't even believe, like that new car smell, that's that's VOCs. That's volatile yeah. organic compounds that actually cause DNA damage. They've been proven in science to cause this. So it's so many problems with how we're building homes. What I prefer, what my dream house will be one day, is a prefab. And there's a wonderful company, I think it's a, my fiance mentions it's in California, and they use non, a lot of non-toxic products. So they really oh. steer away from VOCs and things like that. Um, and the prefabs are awesome. They really are built underneath something, so they don't get rained on all yeah. the time. They're not using toxic products. You can make them more open with glass, things like that. So that's the route I'm going to go to ensure that I'm living as non-toxic as I can. I love that because I'm always wondering. I'm like, okay, what can I do? Because I know there's so many cool things. Like um, you can use like wool insulation because if anyone's ever seen insulation, like I don't even know what that is. And like formaldehyde. So it's formaldehyde, a VOC. Yes, it is. I think even Pelotons, like my friend, she's an ND and she was just telling me, she's like, Pelotons are literally like drenched in formaldehyde and like lined with it before they come to your house. I'm like, it's terrible. It's horrible. It's and everything is. It's ter everything. Yeah. Benzene. That's another one. Toluene. That's another one. There's a ton and they're on like in carpets that's that's the carpet smell they're on new furniture um they actually the cigarette companies had that law passed in the 70s because people were falling asleep with cigarettes in their mouth on the couches and the mm -hmm. couches were catching on fire and the houses were burning down and it was a serious liability for the cigarette companies like marlboro so these jerks sent kids to the courts to say we just, we don't want to burn alive in our beds. So please keep flame retardants on our mattresses mm -hmm. at night. And it was the cigarette companies that paid these families to go do this. Um, and so now there's a national law that it, new furniture, new mattresses have to be doused in flame retardants before they're put on sold on the market. I know. That's what I, I always wonder, like all the natural mattress companies, like avocado mattress and the other ones, like they don't have flame retardants, but they probably have to figure out a natural one. That well, they still do. They're not oh, at it. They have okay. like, there's a lot of good marketing there. Yeah. Um, is what I, what I found out. And, um, they still have to follow the national law, but they do it as non-toxic as they possibly can. Ugh. Gosh, can we just like start our own companies like underground and not have anyone know? Yeah, I mean, I it's like hard to, you know, you don't want to go too crazy, but you also when you know this information and like I I think about this all the time with just our mission at the fullest because I truly believe that what's going like what's good for us is what's good for the planet and what's good for the planet is zero chemicals. And so like when you talk about big pharma and all these pharmaceuticals that are happening, like how could that be good for us if it's not good for the soil, if it's not good for our air, if it's not good for our water? Like we're talking about our water and how disgusting it is and filled with, you know, so many hormones and so many things. And it's like, how the, the, the FDA does this thing where it passes like generally recognized as safe. And so they're like yes. slightly toxic things that in these small amounts are okay, apparently, but nothing 
like how do things bioaccumulate or not? Nothing stays in small amounts when sold in massive quantities. Yeah. And, and you're exposed to this daily. So they just don't, I don't understand how they think any amount of toxic products should be okay for us in the environment. It should not be. That they should not be recognized as generally safe for the most part. Like parabens are considered under there. It's crazy. Yeah, that is. I think about that all the time too because it's like when a pro- when I see like a product that's like uh, non toxic, natural, paraben free. I'm like, yes, but all the other things are still in there. Like you're just gonna claim that just because you don't have parabens. Like, gosh, it's such a wild time, but. But it's amazing how many people are waking up to it. And it's also amazing to me how many people have woken up to it, but are still like walking and waiting in line to go get a vaccine because I'm like, wait, like what happened? I thought you understood all this. I, but I think it just goes back to the fear and, um, and like wanting to be safe. But then that's what we're saying too. It's just a different idea of what that is. You know? There's a thing, I can't remember the exact saying, it's something like, um, if you tell a lie enough, it becomes the truth. And so people really need to turn off their television and just sit in their own personal truth. I do believe that people have their personal truth. I don't care. People could get mad at me for saying that. I don't think you have to have an authority system all the time to live your life. I'm sorry. And I don't think the public health concerns should trump individual liberty. I don't think that should happen either. That's just my people can disagree. That's fine. Um, But my health is not your accountability or responsibility. It's my accountability and responsibility. And that doesn't, you know, honestly, people are out there saying it's, it's racist to be anti-mask. It's racist. It's racist because, because BIPOC can't afford healthy food or not, you know, but I want to, go give them a bunch of organic seeds so they can grow a window box full of vegetables. I want to um, get them walking outside in a safe neighborhood somewhere. I want to show them that, you know, get out in the sun in the morning is a great way to rejuvenate your mitochondria. And you don't need this $80 supplement. You yeah. know, I want to show them that your indigenous ancient relatives practiced homeopathy and they practiced holistic methods and they practice some of the stuff that's being called woo right now. I, hundred percent I'm on the same page. I think about that all the time, especially because I'm Persian and I'm like, no, this is I the way that you might be ancestors lived. Like this is the way we lived with the earth and it didn't cost a lot of money. What happened is our government came in and they're subsidizing the wrong foods and they're making it expensive yes. for our minorities. And that's what's racist. Yes. That's right. that's right. You think processed GMO sugar is what people need, is what yeah. they need the government to subsidize give me a break. They are bought out by lobbyists. The sugar industry lobbied as as much as they could for that food pyramid. Um, You guys have no idea. It's just like the uh, Sackler family and narcotics went after the pain scale in the hospital. That's what happened. And they lobbied for that and made you guys think that's the food that should be subsidized. The government bought it. And now you guys have to spend food stamps or like the rest of your paycheck on food you probably don't even want. Yeah, exactly. I was just watching the documentary Gather. Have you seen it? Not yet. Oh, should I see it? So good. And they're talking about um, just like Native Americans and the way that they connect with their food and and also like what has happened to their community and how our country like just completely 
you know, was able to take over by basically getting rid of their food system. So we like killed all their buffalo and then we had them rely on us with like canned food and like just shit food. And then that's how you can like take over people. Yeah. I mean, people. when people can't afford it, they'll beg for their change. They'll beg for their rescuer. It's only natural. It's, yeah. it's, and they've studied the politics and PR response and how to work human humans forever now, how to work the populace. And, you know, they're shutting down healthy and organic food restaurants everywhere um, in lieu of big business fast food, um, which has been deemed essential, ironically. And then, um, you know, these people are struggling. I'm sure they're, they're having to eat things they don't want to. And big business is now successful because the government is secretly bailing them out. Um, you know, this is, there is a pandemic. There are people that are sick, but this is being used as an excuse to further a certain agenda um, yeah. and, and break the populace because then they will ask for those checks. They will ask for the laws to be passed, which in the fine print will have things that we don't want there. <laughs> and no one can read the fine print. So, right. Right. You know, I, someone, had the time to read fine print when they were passing the last stimulus. I mean, that's ridiculous. And I have seen, um, I don't, and I can't verify this, so don't quote me, but that we need to do some research there. Apparently with one of the stimulus check bills that was passed, they were thinking about lowering the national vaccine compensation um, oh. amounts. And they're already like nothing. I mean, you know, it's just, yeah. And already people don't even know that they can like call and talk about the having adverse reactions to vaccines. Like they don't know where to call. So then that's a whole issue too. I, I know RFK is doing a lot of work there. There's someone actually that's um, coming out with a system online or maybe it's an app that's making it easier to report adverse events because it's just, amazing. Yeah. I, amazing. Because that's so many of these online doctors platform is to like be, um, character assassinate. It says a lot. It's like people, they've been told to character assassinate. I can't figure it out. Either they've been told to do that or they're like, or they're miserable in their jobs. All of them that goes to show you what conventional medicine looks like these days. But you know, um, definitely they, these doctors come on there and they say things like, um, yeah, there aren't, there aren't that many, uh, reports given to VAERS every year. There's not that many vaccine reactions. There's not that many side effects. Like the general public knows. Do you really think they know you can report that? I don't even you think know. when I was a doctor, a hospitalist doctor, I had no idea that the vaccine companies weren't liable. I had no idea that there was a vaccine injury toll-free hotline. Um, I had no idea um, that taxpayers paid out every year for those vaccine injuries. Wow. Like as a, as a hospitalist MD, I did not know that. Um, so I know the general layperson does not know that. Yeah. I, I didn't know until I started looking into it too. So I'm, you know, and that's like, yeah, when you get into it, you go down the rabbit hole and you just, you can't, it's like too hard to believe. And then when you tell people, they just don't believe you because it's just like too hard to swallow that. Like we allowed that to be part of our system. You know, I think that's kind of part of the problem is people don't, people want to know information. So I think like, um, I know someone who's in line right now 
looking to get the vaccine. And I had mentioned to her, hey, like there was a recall for this one particular company. Just be careful. That's all I kind of said. And then she said, okay, well, is there anything else? Is there anything else? Like her intuition was like, should I be asking for more? But I, you know, and I shared what felt right. But I think like, I think you just need to remind people to trust their intuition, you know, and I, yeah, so far from it. So I think that's probably, um, it's just so amazing when you talk about, and like when I read about your work and how your whole thing is to get to the root cause, because everything is a bandaid these days and everything from pharmaceuticals to even supplements, right? Like you could be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like supplements are amazing and I love them, but unless you're treating something for the root cause, like if you have a mold issue in your house and you're just taking supplements for it, like that needs to be fixed too. And then also I love, you know, we always say mind, body, spirit, people say that, but like, I know when you're saying it, it's because our body holds on to things too. And we need to move our trauma through our body. And I think that that's a really amazing thing that I've started to notice lately. You know, I, I process like after giving birth, I realized I process a lot of trauma through my body actually does shake. And it's like, you know, before I ended up finally giving up and getting an epidural, which I didn't want, but like before that, my entire body was just shaking because I was through something and it's, and I, you know, I think it's amazing to like someone else might not have shaking, but just understand that when you go through trauma, you hold it somewhere so you can talk about it as much as you can, but like actually getting through it through cellularly. And I will say I actually, during ayahuasca ceremony, I would release by shivering too, or even sweating sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, like, what are other ways, like through chiropractic work, you know, acupuncture, you're releasing things, but like, what are other ways that like, is working out a way of releasing trauma or is that kind of like an, it is. Yeah. What yeah, are anything dancing, dancing, yeah. I mean, anything that gets you in the present moment and out of the monkey brain where you're perceived, um, trauma is kind of like a thought virus, right? Yeah. It, it just continues like you can you chew on it a hundred different ways, usually in a negative perspective, because <laughs> we're always hard on ourselves. And that's why things like plant medicines, getting into the into the present moment, um, things like you know, body work that helps you release things, anything that shakes the body out. This is why our ancestors had dances and rituals and plant ceremonies because they knew that they encountered trauma every day in a very harsh world. What are we going to do to keep this out of our body cellularly? And that's what they did. And that's what I'm recommending to a lot of people nowadays. You know, if you can't get into the present moment in meditation, I get it. Don't worry. There are other ways, you know, if you love to dance, go go to learn some African dance. So go to some drum circle into African dance. Do it online. Whatever your forte is that you want to learn. African tribal beats are so fun though. And they yeah. get you like out of them in out of that monkey brain into the present moment. Um, you know, even just like chanting mantras, dance, you know, for me, even just working out and like, I do a lot of Tracy Anderson videos, which are very rhythmic. Yes. They're so good. And I love just like dancing and just all of her stuff. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, you know, it gets you, it, it's really um, working on trauma though. It is. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing I wanted to say that you brought up. A lot of women don't know that birth is trauma. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I had to, I am actually pregnant with my second. Oh, congrats. Thank you. I'm so excited. And I am working with a craniosacral therapist and she like literally had me go through my last birth so that I could process it so that it's not, you know, going to affect this one. And it's, it's really crazy because yeah, I just think of myself as someone who's like, I do all the things, but like, it's still so important and it makes such a big difference. And I couldn't believe how much I needed to release. And I love just, I love all of this and I love sharing it with people because like you said, it's part of our ancestry and we just need to tap back into that. And when, yeah, I just think like intuition and, oh yeah. Okay. What I wanted to tell you when you said, um, African tribal music. Okay. So, um, my sister-in-law, she went and studied abroad in Ghana and she came back. And one of the most profound things I remember her saying was she would, um, while she was there, someone in the community had passed away and the way they processed grief was just so incredible because they all got together and, and they like scream like so loud, as loud as they possibly can. And I think it was only for maybe one or two days. And then the rest of it was just celebration, but they got everything out and she got to witness that. And I, I, I'll never forget. It was like, whoa, that is the most incredible ritual. You just let it go, you know, and you really need to do that. This is why breath work is so powerful. And I'll tell you, breath work is a little bit like meditation. When you sit in there making you breathe in this rhythmic manner, you really want to stop about five minutes in. And if you can push through that, though, you'll be taken to another place. And I went to a breath work work workshop one time um, in Southern California. And um, my fiance went too. And at the end of the hour, um, because they started out making you dance and get in your body. And then you lay down a little out of breath and continued. And they would come around and tell you if you were pausing before the inhale or pausing before the exhale, which mean different things. If you pause before the inhale, you're actually blocking good things. Um, And so they teach you how to breathe, which sounds intuitive, but it's actually not if you formed bad habits and patterns. Mm -hmm. And um, they basically, um, at the end of the class, the end of the hour, there were people roaring, like screaming at the end of the class. And it was, I mean, crying, screaming, giggling. It was a huge release. Um, And these were strangers. Can you imagine if you lived in a village with people you loved and you did that stuff? Like my dream. I, just I know. Go create a village and have like a schoolhouse, a farmhouse, and just, yeah, it'd be so amazing. <laughs> yeah. Now that is getting back to your roots right there. I know. Yeah. I love it. I was actually going to ask you um, I recently interviewed Zach Bush and he mentioned something about um, the Rockefellers and how they, because with homeopathy and how they're trying to like make it illegal. He said that like back then they introduced a bill that was trying to make homeopathy illegal. Is that something that you know about and could chat with a little bit more with us about or, or in general, if you have like, I mean, as a doctor, like how you've been targeted, um, 
I think those are really important things for people to understand when you go on Google and you look things up that maybe people have spoken about and you see that it maybe it's been fact-checked or censored. Like, I think these are important things to discuss. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I don't know specifically about homeopathy. I do know they were trying to include a bill that would make homeopathy illegal. That is true. I didn't know that it was introduced by the Rothschilds earlier. However, um, or Rockefellers, maybe I you don't said know earlier. Yeah, I do. It's probably it's probably Rockefeller, honestly, yeah, yeah. because Rockefeller was um, very um, integral in shutting down holistic medicine in general okay. mm-hmm. um, back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. That's you know, back even the 1900s. Yeah, yeah. It, it, back when cannabis was still legal and on the shelves of most people. This is right when they came for all the all the plants, if you will. And wow. so Rockefeller went around with Abraham Flexner, and if you've heard of Carnegie and the Fle- and the Flexner report, um, this is where this is where this came from. They went around to the country and instituted their allopathic conventional medicine models and shut down integrative naturopathic, um, you know, Chinese medicine clinics around the country in lieu of these, of, of this new Abraham Flexner report, Carnegie report that instituted what medicine was. Um, and so I'm sure he's talking about that. That's absolutely true. Bayer was also IG Farben back in Germany, in Nazi Germany. Wow. So, uh, mm-hmm. so these are, these, this is history that's so, so quickly forgotten if you will. And it wasn't that long ago. I mean, when we say a hundred years, like I think it was early 1900, I thought he said like 1918 or something. I mean, that's nothing. Like we've been flying for longer than that. That's literally when things like very shortly thereafter, the DEA was formed, the FDA. um, This is when the DEA made, you know, cannabis a schedule one with no medicinal benefit whatsoever. Um, And they did that with a lot of drugs at that point in time. Um, so right or it was early 1900s when all this began to be instituted, absolutely, and changed and shut down and, um, you know, erased from history, if you will. It's so interesting because uh, talking about cannabis specifically, I mean, we've come such a long way, right? And you think about that and it's been associated with, uh, Democrat, the Democratic Party, like just progressive party in general, which is interesting to me because that has been my party for so long. But recently I'm just, I'm realizing that that's also the party that is funded by big pharma funded by Monsanto. I mean, they obviously fund both parties, right? They probably Mm -hmm. for the majority, that's who they're funding for the most part. And that's what big tech is funding is wanting. And so it's just interesting to me how like the cannabis piece fits in there you know i'm like what is it that they're because i think it's awesome and i i just think it just doesn't make sense in that part because that is a botanical that is helping people but none of it makes sense really unless and you know but everything is a business to them there's no sacred sacred space everything is made and if it's not profitable to them it's made illegal until it can be harnessed and made profitable and then it's okay Mm-hmm. And really, you're free in, unless you go against the agenda or the system. It's all that way, you see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe we're considered the most free people on this planet. And like we 
are going through what we're going through. I wanted to ask you as someone who, you know, you're starting this platform, people can have access to all your information. And I want to hear more about that because like we talked about earlier, everything is getting censored. So having access to this type of information is going to be more and more difficult. So it's even more important. And so I'm really curious what you're building, what you're doing and what's next. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So um, we actually, let's see, so we launched December 3rd. So it's only been around about a month and two weeks or so. Um, And we've got about 700 subscribers. And what it is, is Wellness Plus by Dr. Jess. And we have huge plans already and surprises coming. But what we have right now is a custom state-of-the-art website app. And basically, when you log in, you see a dashboard with um, my educate my education courses, which are anything from killbind sweat to drainage pathways to mold parasites, viruses, Lyme, um, environmental toxicities, and why you should care when diet isn't enough. All kinds of different educational courses. Every two weeks, I have a live webinar that's two hours. The last one was last night, and we talked about mitochondria for two hours. Wow. I answer people's questions. They can submit their questions prior to the webinar, or I answer their questions in email if they're not too medical. Obviously, there is some liability here, and I'm not everyone's doctor. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, if people do request um, a certain medical condition, I have things called Wellness Plus Quickies, which is a one-page PDF where I do a lot of research to figure out um, root cause reasons and so- possible solutions that someone may have not looked at before from a functional standpoint. Um and then basically we're getting ready to film new education courses. We have tons of diet plans, PDFs, downloadable materials, and it's very, very interactive. Once a month, I have a little consult wheel. I spend the winner wins a consult with me each month. So, you know, it's actually really affordable. It's $49 a month for all that. Wow. Um, and we're, we're constantly building and listening to feedback from our, from our clients. We really want everyone to be happy. So next, hopefully we'll have a community forum where people can meet each other. And I would love for people to be friends in real life that meet on my forum. You know, um, that's what we're all after is community Mm -hmm. and like-minded individuals. And you're right. Some of the things I talk about, some of the blogs on there, my webinars are really out there. We're doing one on plant medicine soon. Um, You know, we talk a lot about COVID. Oh my gosh. My dog is the best unless someone rings the doorbell. (laughs) Uh, yeah sorry no it's not a big deal yeah I know I I I think things like even like I don't know that much about ozone therapy at all and I know that you are an advocate of it and I I'm like I want to do all the things and I want to learn about all the things and you just can't research that anymore I mean it's just like especially ozone therapy like the second Trump said something it's just considered like the crazy and you're like and what, what people don't know is there's three clinical trials that just ended, I think, at the end of December, I need to check again, that we're investigating IV ozone in other countries for the COVID. And so, you know, I write about stuff on that on my platform like that. I have even like a store with, so you can get Cellcore products. I have ozone generators in there with a discount code. All those things that I would recommend to heal are there for people. And that's, you know, hopefully going to be sought after because this is not the modern day book burning. I mean, they're scrubbing the net. Yeah, I know. And and they're really also like making it more difficult to find 
you know, even if you knew about like, you really have to, it's like word of mouth because like you can't necessarily come up organically with keywords because they're going to shut you down. And that's what they did with Dr. Axe. And that's what they're trying to do right now is just have WebMD be the top thing that comes up and people can't access like free information, which is exactly what the internet was meant to be. Go to DuckDuckGo and use that search I instead of. Still, and I love it, but I'm still like, there's still things that should come up that, like, I love DuckDuckGo, and there's one called Brave, and that Ooh. one is now like an uncensored. And I know um, one of the like engineers and main people, like one of the founders, and he, um, he definitely like is full on gets it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. They're based in San Francisco of all places too, so. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm impressed. But yeah, I just think, you know, like I have an ozone machine. Okay. So I ended up having a mold issue in my office. And then um, even with like everything I know, I was just like, I still don't know what to do about this because I don't want them to just bleach it. I don't, I want to keep the healthy microbiome of my house in my office as well. So I think those are like really interesting topics to discuss and, and deep dive and you really can't find it online. Um, so I, and like, even I have a molecule air filter and I'm always wonder like, is this good? Like, I'm, I'm sure it's really good, but then I wonder, is it making it too clean? And like, there's are is it like Making it so that, yeah, I'm curious what you think about that. Are you a big fan of air filters? I am. I have an air doctor. We have one in our bedroom. So just in case, you know, we keep it running all the time as well and keep the filter changed in it. I do think air filters make a difference, especially if they're the HEPA plus or hyper HEPA plus a carbon or charcoal filter. That's really what I recommend. Um, And then, you know, really... um, as far as cleaning mold goes, I don't ever use bleach. It actually makes it into a more toxic compound. So try things like E3C um, or white vinegar or borax, especially for clothing. Um, E3C is great. It's safe to clean mold. But usually if you it's visible at all, there's stuff behind the walls or ceiling. Yeah. That's usually what that means. I know. Yeah. We had just a leak, so we knew. But I mean, yeah, there's so much that you just don't even see and you don't even know. So how do you test? Like, because um, I've had people come to my house and they're like, well, we need to get an air sample of like right where it is. But I'm like, well, I just want to like be, you know, taking precautions and have it be preventative. So are there other things that you recommend for people or is it always just an air sample of where you might think it could be? Yeah, you know, just to do it at home is an is an ERMI test or an EMA test, which is usually just swiping things or vacuuming and swiping right. Um, and then if you want to do it professionally, like, you know, Brian Carr of Mold Finders, he's online. Um, they actually have a course now that people can take, a virtual course to learn where to look for mold in homes. And they actually do, they have a national company and basically they look for mold nationally and virtually in people's houses. They have like six different places. They have you look with them. That's really Um, interesting. Yeah. Especially during this time when no one wants to go anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. And look up um, the mold finders on online with Brian Carr. And he's really, really educational on social media as well. Okay, cool. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to go into your platform and check it out some more and learn more about all the other things you're sharing. You know, you mentioned drainage and all sorts of things, but I'm really excited. Oh yeah. It's, I, you know, I'm really trying to teach people how to be their own advocate, to trust themselves, to really use your intuition. I'm just as a guide. I can't tell you the answers, but here I'm going to provide the information. So you know what to ask your docs, you know what to look for. And I, I really, we get great feedback. So I hope to see you. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, that'd be really fun. So wonderful to connect. Have a wonderful day.